0: Are We Ready for the Feast of Pentecost? By Apostle Jacqueline Fedor Did you know the walk Jesus made as one man 2,000-plus years ago was a foreshadow of the course the body of Christ would take one day? In fact, the things He said and much of what He did relates to today's body. The Lord, like us, was born to the Adamic race. He, therefore, had to be born again, touched and filled with the Spirit, to be accepted by God as a perfect sacrificial lamb to cover the sin of humanity. As Adam's offspring, he was genetically blemished. Likewise, for us to be a body Jesus can function through, we, too, must be born again, new creatures, and filled with the Spirit to be usable vessels. He is a spirit being, and the things he does are supernatural, so we must be equipped to walk led by our spirit, no longer controlled by our natural self. In other words, our spirits must be in control of our bodies. You see, at the fall of Adam and Eve, their spirit became dormant. When we are born again, our spirit is reawakened, but it still must be touched by the Spirit of God to regain its original abilities and restore our nature back to God's image. The body of Christ is comprised or made up of only this kind of people. They must have also entered into Christ's blood covenant to be blood kin to Him in order to pass over to a spiritual life in God's household. John chapter 6 verse 53 Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. As individuals, we became flesh of His flesh and bone of His bone, and as we partake of communion, become a part of His body. By continually feasting on in time truth, we mature to be the full stature of Christ. Now another change comes about. When the body of Christ is complete and comes together at the feast of Passover to eat the bread and drink of the wine, they will eat and drink it together with Him, becoming one with Him as His bride. Just as Eve was in Adam at creation, so the bride of Christ is in the last Adam, the body of Christ, safely inside and protected from God's wrath as evil is destroyed. Through his body, he will manifest his victory over the world and the enemy, a battle already won spiritually at the cross, and through his bride, he will restore, renew, and give birth to a new earth. It gives us a little different meaning to Matthew chapter 26, verse 29, doesn't it? But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine, wine, from now on, until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. He was speaking to His disciples then and talking about when they join Him in paradise at death, but it was recorded for all of us, and in these end days takes on a much different and deeper meaning. To understand, let us begin by looking at where the kingdom is found, Luke chapter 17, verses 20 and 21 tells us, Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. You will not see it in this realm. Nor will they say, See here or see there. The people of the world will never see it for indeed the kingdom of god is within you the kingdom is inside us we are automatically there when separated from the world in our hearts and minds colossians chapter 1 verse 27 reveals how the lord shares in this wine with his bride to them god willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the gentiles which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is in us as we take communion. So as those that form His body come together in one accord to eat the bread and drink the wine, in remembrance of Him, He in turn acknowledges them as His bride. As time narrows down to the end days, it is this kind of covenant people that will be gathered, harvested, and set aside to form the Church Glorious, His Bride, thus forming a body of people He can fully function through to restore creation and renew the earth. A body will be needed that will believe and have faith in His ability through them to bring restoration. These are proven faithful and steadfast individuals that have experienced all ten feasts of God or All seven holy convocations, enlightened ones, raised and trained through the knowledge served at His feasts, according to the plan of God. In fact, did you know, there is even now a spiritual gathering of this kind taking place? The body of Christ is slowly rising and being added on to daily as Jesus walked among the people for forty days after his resurrection, showing he was the Son of God, these two, as his body, will soon be seen and recognized as the body of Christ as well. Malachi chapter three verse eighteen prophesied of this time. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God. And one who does not serve Him. But it is not all roses, so to speak, for the body of Christ. Just as Jesus had holes in His hands and feet, even though He rose victorious from the grave, so His body is battle-scarred today from their encounters with the world of Satan. Inside, however, the bride is safely riding out the storm. The final victory promised by God is coming soon and will perhaps begin its manifestation with the Feast of Pentecost. The Body and Bride of Christ must therefore be prepared for the final fight. Wouldn't it be awesome if this was the final one? But then we understand only the Father knows. As we study a little deeper... Much truth has been revealed to give us hope that it is soon coming. However, for instance, in Numbers chapter twenty-eight, verse twenty-six, we see the feast of Pentecost is also called the day of first fruits, or we could say the day of, or the celebration of the born-again, spirit-awakened people. A day especially for us. There is more. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 15, we also see it is called the Feast of Weeks. The word weeks, 7651, in the Hebrew section of the Strong's Concordance, literally means sevened, to be complete. Remember I said the end-time people will have experienced all seven holy convocations? They were sevened. Now here is another exciting fact. The word weeks, number 7651, comes from the number 7650, cardinal number, a number denoting quantity, like seven. It also means to change by an oath with an oath. Side note, for instance, in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 11, we see an oath of God. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. God's oath, His law. The first situation was changed by the above oath. Israel went from being invited to enter His rest to being refused, rejected. A second oath was later declared that allows for God's people to now enter His rest. We see this second oath in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. This is an example of being changed by an oath with an oath. Now let us return to the word weeks, number 7651. It comes from the number 7650. The definition continues as seven as a sacred week. What happened at the end of God's week of creation? Sabbath rest. Did you know it is a scientific fact all life is created to rest in cycles of seven? the universe itself operates in cycles of seven. So if creation is somehow forced out of rhythm, as its seventh cycle completes, it is reset, restored. So Pentecost, or the Feast of Weeks, sevened or made complete, is a time of rest and reset. This is especially so for those that have experienced All seven holy convocations. This thought of rest is actually brought forth from within the name Pentecost itself. Pentecost means fifty. The word fifty comes from the number forty oh five in the Greek dictionary of strongs from the root number twenty two fifty, meaning make tame, gentle day, rest time between dawn and dark. Also, 50 is the number of jubilee, freedom. As Jesus returned to the Father, so at jubilee, we are legally returned fully to God, set free from the enemy, and all we were originally blessed with at our creation will be returned to us at the final jubilee. Just think... Everything on earth was ours. The earth itself was to be our home. All its resources were ours. So as the completed body of Christ rises and walks unitedly toward the Feast of Pentecost, all creation should begin to see hope. Romans, chapter 8, verses 19 through 21. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits, for the revealing of the sons of God, the body of Christ. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope. In hope, man would enter his rest and manifest his plan of restoration. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption, death and decay, into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Jubilee. Yes, there is hope of restoration for all that belongs to God. Through the two different Pentecosts from which the above-mentioned oaths were taken, God offered rest, renewal, and jubilee to His people. They were rebellious, however, lawless and self-satisfying, And it therefore didn't manifest for them. And the world continued on. How sad. When you see how bad things are on the planet today. It could all be so different. God's will could be in operation and His kingdom in place. It is God's will for all to be perfect. There was no pain, sorrow, or death before the fall of man. So let us take a closer look at the first two Pentecosts, so we do not make the same mistake today. Exodus chapter 19, verses 3 through 6. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to Myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, government, and a holy nation, his people. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. This is how they responded. Exodus chapter 19, verse 8. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. They were offered protection, freedom, and identity if they accepted a type of marriage contract with the Lord. It was an awesome experience, a time that God actually manifested Himself in this realm. Exodus chapter 19, verses 16 and 18. Then it came to pass on the third day, in the morning, that there were thunderings and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain, and the sound of the trumpet was very loud, so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was completely in smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. Its smoke ascended like the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. They did not obey the marriage contract, however, so they could not enter His rest or see the promised restoration. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, God again intervenes for his people, and once more there was physical evidence of him in this realm. The people are offered even more this time. It was now possible for God's people to be born again and their spirit awakened. This second Pentecost offered protection, identity, And restoration of their spirits. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. Definitions from Strong's Concordance for the word accord. Co tribesmen, same country, complete, same in composition, like minded, co spirited similar in sentiment, in one place. They are listed because we must meet these definitions today. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Remember how he breathed on Adam at creation and he became alive? And it filled the whole house, you are God's house, where they were sitting in his rest. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. At that time the body had not been formed, so the Spirit was equipping man as individuals to one day become part of his body. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. God promised he would restore to man a pure language, yet there are some that refuse it as the Spirit gave them utterance. The evidence of the infilling. Hard to believe that there are those that refuse this Feast of Pentecost. Unfortunately, there are many. God spoke years before concerning this time through the prophet Joel, so it could be recognized as a gift from him. Peter speaks of this event as a fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. It was indeed the last days or the end of the first Pentecost on Sinai, when Judaism was established. This Pentecost empowered the church of Christianity. Acts chapter 2, verses 17 through 21, recites the prophecy of Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions your old men shall dream dreams and on my men servants and on my maid servants i will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy i will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood when Before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Both Judaism and Christianity failed. Although they were two great witnesses for God in their day, with many wonderful people that served well, sin, hypocrisy, false doctrine, and greed entered, and they became a part of the city, Babylon. Thankfully, just as there remains an entrance to God's rest, there remains also an even greater fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. The church glorious, the church triumphant, will one day be revealed to the earth as the final feast of Pentecost is experienced by the completed body and bride of Christ Is this not an exciting thought? The people of the first Pentecost saw many miraculous things. The death angel passed over their firstborn, and none were touched. The sea parted for them to escape their enemies. Food and drink were supplied in the wilderness. Pentecost itself was an awesome experience on Mount Sinai. Yet Israel failed to enter God's rest and see restoration. The people of the second Pentecost walked with Jesus himself. How blessed! Saw the miracles he performed, heard the truth taught by the greatest teacher ever, yet they never totally entered God's rest or saw complete restoration. Why? Because they allowed sin and immorality in their midst. Therefore, restoration was for their spirit and soul only, not their bodies, to enable them to live forever on earth and inherit the rest of God's promises. Will the final Pentecost see a physical manifestation of God's presence? I don't know. I would love to think so, but maybe all we will see is the sign of Jonah, as Jonah was three days in the belly of the whale, so the body of Christ has been Three days in the belly of the city Babylon. A thousand years is as a day to God, and it is now early morning of the third day from the cross. It is time those that have been set free from Babylon, born again and filled with the Spirit, matured on the end time knowledge, served at God's feasts or the seven holy convocations, to arise and experience. Yet another Pentecost. Let us pray these modern-day Jonas do not defect. You see, Jonah brought salvation from God's wrath to Nineveh without miracles and signs and wonders. They listened to him because he was anointed and appointed by God to accomplish this. In the same manner, salvation and restoration will be brought to the earth by the body of Christ, with the Jonah anointing on them. No lying signs and wonders, just a message of truth. Did you know, in the Strong's, Jonah means dove, and dove goes to banquet wine? Remember, when the body of Christ gathered at Passover to eat the bread and drink the wine in remembrance of Him, And He drank in acknowledgment of them. They became one with Him. He made them His doves, His born-again, Spirit-filled bride, thus becoming the last Adam, the complete body of Christ. Wouldn't it be awesome if the mighty rushing wind of God's breath would blow life into this body at Pentecost? Instead of the few people that were healed in Peter's shadow after the Pentecost of Christianity, all of creation could be restored to perfection in fulfillment of John chapter 14 verse 12. John chapter 14 verse 12. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do because i go to my father as individuals yes but more so as a part of his body he went to the father and presented not only his spirit and soul but his body as well to completely jubilee us set us free from the enemy and return us entirely to god all of us our spirit, soul, and our body. Here is something to think about, though. We repent of our sins before we ask the Lord into our hearts and are then baptized. Sins are forgiven, and should we die, we would be with the Lord in paradise. In these last days, however, we are looking at the prospect of being a part of those chosen to help build a new heaven and earth and have a hand in restoring creation. To do this, our bodies must be restored in fulfillment of the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 54. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory. There is a stumbling block, a problem that can short circuit our restoration, however. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 exposes it. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Sexual sin, unrepented for, will leave curses against our bodies, making them ineligible to be restored. This includes all sexually related sin, and sin is considered everything that is against God's will. The world is lax towards sexual sin, but the kingdom of God is not. It is quite clear. Sin against our body will not hinder the salvation of our spirit and soul, but it will stop us from being restored physically, both as individuals and as the body of Christ, and becoming immortal. The enemy knows a restored body of Christ will be the end of his dream of becoming as God to creation. He must therefore stop us physically to keep us from being eternal beings, repossessing the earth and all on it, and He largely does it through sex, pride, and greed. It literally permeates the whole world and its systems. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, Is not of the Father, but is of the world. We want to study Scripture to find God's will concerning these things and pay attention to the prompting of the spirit of conviction. When Jesus was about to leave earth to return to the Father, he said at John chapter 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. That I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Speaking of the Holy Spirit of God, that Jesus said would both teach us all things and convict us of our wrong. Here is good advice for those that wish to be a part of the final Pentecost. First John chapter 2. Verse 17, and the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides or lives forever. In closing, as his body, as his bride, before Pentecost, let us repent for all the sexual sin we have ever committed to cleanse our bodies to remove all curses from them. Repent for even our relatives, to remove all generational curses. As His body, as His bride, let us make ourselves clean and ready to meet with our God at the Feast of Pentecost.